This is Hello Healthy, a Dignity Health podcast. Here's Bill Klaproth. So what are heart rhythm disorders and why are they dangerous and what is treatment through ablation? Well, let's learn more with Dr. Micah Roberts, an electrophysiologist and cardiologist at Dignity Health. Dr. Roberts, thank you so much for your time. So first off, can you share some information on your background? Tell us about your time in the military and moving back to Bakersfield now to practice medicine. Thanks, Bill. I was born and raised here in Bakersfield, and so I'm happy to be back home, um, close to my family. And I was a, a student who grew up in, in Rosedale and attended Centennial High School, and then I went to Cal State Bakersfield here locally. After that, I was accepted in medical school, and I ended up on the, what's called a health profession scholarship program with the Army. So I went to medical school down at Western University in, in Los Angeles, and from there, I did residency with the Army with internal medicine at a Tripler Army Medical Center in Hawaii. And so that was for three years there. And then afterwards, I served in the military as an internal medicine provider at various bases, Fort Irwin, Fort Bragg, William Beaumont, and El Paso, and then was also deployed to Afghanistan. Once I got out of the military, I went back to training in cardiology. So I did that at, at the UCSF program in Fresno, California, just north of Bakersfield here. And while I was there, I fell in love with heart rhythm disorders and decided that I wanted to pursue additional training beyond cardiology and become an electrophysiologist. And so I went to University of Wisconsin to complete my training there for an additional two years. And at that point, we, we decided it was quite cold and decided to come back to Bakersfield, which was really a, the plan all along for me. So very happy to be back and, and practicing in the community that I love and I'm surrounded by, you know, lots of friends and family that I still have here. Well, first off, thank you so much for your service. We appreciate it. And we're very happy you're back here practicing medicine. So you said you fell in love with heart rhythm disorders. Can you explain that to us? What are heart rhythm disorders? The audience may not know this, but there takes uh, electricity to cause all the muscles in their body to contract or, or to move. And your heart being a muscle, it has to um, have electricity that feeds it and, and tells it when to squeeze. Because if it was squeezing all the time, there would be no blood movement and, and we wouldn't be alive. So just as there can be some plumbing issues where blood doesn't flow through the heart well, there can also be electrical issues where the heart rhythm, we, we call it the heart rhythm because it's what drives the beating of your heart and it, it's what keeps the, the pace of your heartbeat. But when that is in disarray, you know, you, you have a heart rhythm disorder and those come in, you know, various shapes and sizes and we can get into um, some of that. But essentially I work on the, the electrical system of the heart. So with that electrical system of the heart, one of the treatment options is an ablation. Can you tell us what an ablation is and how it's performed? Yeah, so an ablation is where we use an energy technology to send the energy into the heart tissue itself so that the areas of the heart where we ablate, if you will, don't conduct electricity. And so what we're doing with an ablation is we're trying to find the areas that are leading to one of the heart rhythm disorders that the patient might be experiencing. For example, 
there's a heart rhythm called a reentry tachycardia. And what that essentially means is that there's a, a loop of electricity where electricity is traveling around a racetrack, if you will. And we we don't want it traveling around the racetrack. We want it sort of traveling, you know, linear, more like a river from one side to the other. And so if the electricity gets stuck on a racetrack, this can cause your heart to race. And with an ablation, what we do is we identify where that racetrack is, and then we ablate one limb of that racetrack so that circuit or that track doesn't exist anymore. And when we ablate that one area, it basically puts a roadblock on the racetrack so that it doesn't exist anymore. Now, when we do an ablation, we're going in with a catheter from generally from the leg, and from there, we, we send a catheter up to the heart. And so you might say, well, what is a catheter? Well, a catheter in my lab is a um, tube that's filled with wires. And at the end, there's a, a little tiny electrode that is smooth, and it runs along the surfaces of the heart. And we can actually measure electricity within the heart itself on the inner walls of it. And then we're able to send electricity or, or radio frequency energy or, or, you know, we can use a cooling catheter where, where we're actually able to cause the areas that we touch with that catheter not be, not be able to conduct electricity anymore. Wow, this is fascinating. So what are the types of heart rhythm disorders that you can treat with an ablation? So the types of heart rhythm disorders that we can ablate generally are the, the fast heart rhythms. And... So those include heart rhythms such as atrial fibrillation, ventricular tachycardia, supraventricular tachycardias, which is further broken down into things like AV nodal reentry tachycardia or AV reentry tachycardia. There are some patients that have essentially extra pathways in their heart that cause these reentry loops to occur. There's also types of tachycardias called atrial tachycardias where the normal place that an impulse is, is formed in the heart isn't driving the, the train. It's, uh, the electricity is coming from a different area in the atrium, and so we sort of hunt for that with our catheters and identify those cells that are causing it and, and ablate those. So we, it generally is the, the fast rhythms. Now, we also ablate atrial fibrillation, and that's become a much more common ablation for us to do nowadays. And in those cases, we tend to be ablating areas around the sites where atrial fibrillation generally originates. And what we do in those cases is essentially create a firewall that protects the sparks that come from those areas from igniting the, the rhythm that is atrial fibrillation. But generally, atrial uh, fibrillation and, and all of these catheterblations can be very successful and, and safe as well. So when you do a cardiac ablation, how long does it last? Is it lifelong? Is it a year and a half? What can someone expect when they get a cardiac ablation? So SBTs, AV nodal reentry tachycardia, uh, AVRT, those tend to be very successful, and it's you know ninety six percent or better. Where one ablation, you know, one procedure can cure a patient from ever having that again. So there's you know twenty one year olds that come into my office with fast heart rhythms, and they're popping into this rhythm, and it's driving them into the ER on you know multiple occasions for you know a month. And so we can do one procedure and and cure that, so they never have to deal with it for the rest of their life. Earlier today, I did a 
procedure on an 83-year-old that had an SVT, you know, and, and she's been dealing with it for decades, but finally decided she would be, you know, willing to go through the procedure. And I, I think she's going to do quite well. So, so there are certain heart rhythm disorders where, where we think of it as very curative. And because it's safe, it, it, it's generally the first line option for management. There's other heart rhythm disorders where it's more of a part of the management strategy. And, and generally when I say that, it, it's a lot of times it's atrial fibrillation. And I would never try to tell you that atrial fibrillation ablation is a cure, although I think that's coming in the future. But right now, atrial fibrillation ablation is part of the management strategy where I tell people, you know, look, you know, there might be a a reoccurrence at some point in the future, and I can't say when that might be, but at about 18 months from now, 90% 90% or, or more of people haven't had any AFib, you know, and so, you know, somebody who's dealing with AFib episodes multiple times a week, they would, you know, take that and run, you know, you're, you're giving me 18 months of, of life without having to deal with this, I, I'm on board. What we do know is is that the, the efficacy of an AFib ablation deteriorates over time, so out at about five years, about 50% of people have had a recurrence of atrial fibrillation, but even those people have had far less incidents or episodes of AFib, and even when they do have it, they tend to tolerate it better. And so the data is getting better and better for um, AFib ablations, but, but there, are, there are for sure, there is rhythm disorders that we cure with a catheter ablation, and there's some that is just a part of the management strategy. Right. Well, that makes sense. And then you mentioned doing a procedure on a 21-year-old and then an ablation on an 83-year-old. What type of patient should consider an ablation? So I think it really depends on how much the heart rhythm disorder is affecting your life. For example, if you're 80 years old and you, you still live a pretty active life and we diagnose you with ventricular tachycardia and you get a defibrillator and, and this device you know, is shocking you to save your life. But, you know, shocks, we also know, can increase mortality, and um, we don't want you going into VT. So if we go in and we do an ablation, we could potentially, you know, prevent you from having VT and getting shocked from your device and, you know, save your life. And so even if you're 80 years old, we might say, look, this is going to be, you know, worthwhile for you and worth the potential risk. Whereas whereas others, you know, people, people who have atrial fibrillation, there's about 30% of people that don't ever even feel their AFib, and it's never really caused a problem for them, and they may have had it for years. You know, I don't think I would say, you know, we should take those patients for an ablation because, you know, it's not impacting their quality of life, and they're still they're still being able to go about it. I wouldn't tell you that there is an age number as far as an ablation goes. The, the, the procedure generally, you know, and, I, and depending on certain circumstances, it's about 5% or less as far as risks go. An SBT ablation on a young patient, I might tell them it's probably closer to 2 to 3%. But generally, people are up walking the same day and sent home from the hospital the same day. Well, it's good to know that going in, but 
for the most part, it sounds amazing. Most people are up and walking and even out of the hospital in the same day. So then let me ask you this. What other alternatives exist for the management of heart rhythm issues? So generally, when we're talking about heart rhythm disorders, we oftentimes put patients on medications such as a beta blocker or a calcium channel blocker. These are drugs that are very safe and they can help suppress some of the arrhythmias that we have. But they also can come with some side effects such as fatigue or weight gain, and they can slow down your heart rate. And a lot of times they don't work. There are more aggressive medications that we can also use, and we classify these as antiarrhythmic drugs. But all of them, they tend to change how electrolytes move in and out of the cells of your heart, such as sodium and potassium and calcium. And so when we do that, it can cause there to be um, some delays in how electricity moves through the heart, which can be a, a good thing for heart rhythm disorders, but it can also push you closer to the edge where you're potentially going to have a, a more risky arrhythmia as well. So, for example, for atrial fibrillation, we use a drug called amiodarone, and that's that's the most potent drug that we can use for atrial fibrillation, but it's it is in itself only about 50% effective at preventing AFib at, at a year. And it comes with potential side effects that can be fatal. And um, we're talking about scarring of the lungs, damaging of the thyroid or your vision or your liver. And so, you know, any antiarrhythmic drug has to be monitored pretty carefully. So patients, don't get me wrong, we put them on these drugs to try to control their heart rhythm disorders. And if they're working, the patients tolerate them and we think that it's safe, then great, we we will use them. But it's actually really nice over the last 10 years that we've been able to, to do a lot more ablations for these things and not use some of the drugs that classically come with some pretty serious side effects or long-term risks. Well, I imagine with an ablation, helping someone get off medications is always a benefit. Yes, and, and patients, you know, when they come back to you three months after the ablation, you know, and they're off their medications and they haven't had a single, you know, run of SVT, you know, they're they're as happy as can be, you know, and, and it's, it's very nice to be able to say, you know, look, you know, come back in a year or, you know, if you're feeling great, don't come back at all. You know, I'll, I'll see you. I'll see you when you're 80 and you've got AFib, you know, so have a great life. So it's, it, it, it's really pretty rewarding filled when we're able to successfully, you know, change this and, and cure some people. And then the others, we can usually, you know, make a significant impact in how it's affecting their life. Well, I can imagine helping someone improve the quality of their life while also helping them get off of medications has got to be very rewarding. Well, this has really been informative. Dr. Roberts, thank you for your time. Absolutely a pleasure. Thank you. That's Dr. Micah Roberts. And to learn more, please visit DignityHealth.org slash Bakersfield slash heart. And if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels. And be sure to check out the full podcast library for topics of interest to you. This is Hello Healthy, a Dignity Health podcast. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.